Hello and welcome to Ditching Hourly. I'm Jonathan Stark. Today I am joined by Devin Renault. Devin, welcome to the show. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks. For people who haven't met you before, could you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. I am a uh, brand identity designer. I live in Ontario, Canada, and um, I help. I specialize in outdoor brands. I help them um, go from looking like amateurs to looking like leaders. So I mostly help up and coming outdoor brands. Nice. All right. And what what brought you on the show? What what's what's the current state of your business? Where would you rather have it be? What's the transformation you'd like to have? So basically, how can I help? Sure. Um, I'm kind of still in the building phase. Um, I guess I've been taking like the business side of my career serious for only probably about two years now. I was doing a bunch of freelance work just kind of all over the place like everybody else at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Started learning about niching down, started learning about how to run a business. That caught my attention big time, started getting really interested in that. Um, And so now I'm kind of like, I know what I want to do, what I'm best at, who I'm best to serve. Um, I niched down into brand identity design because it was what I was best at. And it was kind of what was hardest for me. So it was an exciting challenge. Mm -hmm. And that's where I saw um, and was told that I provided the most value to the people that I worked with. So um, yeah, so that was exciting. So then I decided to niche down into brand identity design. And then um, I kind of mixed that with my passion of outdoors and um, adventure sports and wanted to serve like-minded people like that who are also um, outdoorsy, entrepreneurial um, people who want to also like do some good in the world. I want to help them grow their brands. So I guess the difference between where I'm at now versus where I'd love to be is I'm, I'm, I'm still not at like a, a steady, comfortable business state, I would say. So things are kind of up and down. Like if I could land a couple projects and be feeling good, and then I could have a drought. And despite the things that I've learned about um, consistent outreach and building my marketing, I've only been doing some marketing strategies for maybe five months now. So I'm still, still taking some time to build and I'm being patient, but mm-hmm. I guess where I'd like to be is more consistent um, conversations, more consistent leads. And um, that, that's probably the, the biggest change that I'd like okay. to see. Yeah. That's pretty common. And yeah. are, what's it like when, well, before I go into that, congratulations on having a very clear target market. I yeah, I can imagine people listening when, you know, if you just said, Oh, I'm a brand identity designer, they'd be like, Oh, okay. That's, I guess I know what that is probably, Uh, (laughs) but they probably didn't think, Oh, I should introduce them to someone or I know someone who needs that. But as soon as, yeah, as soon as you keep going into like outdoor brands or up and coming outdoor brands, that's really specific. And people's brain will immediately be like, ah, do I, who, who does that make me think of? And they have this right. potentially have this Rolodex moment. Um, so let's drill. So I don't think we need to drill too much more into that, although we could, but I'd like to get okay. to know a little bit more about uh, your products and services. What, let's say you do get a lead Yep. and they're ideal, you know, they're right in your, in your target market. What sorts of things would you do for them? Meaning, uh, the structure of it would it just be a 
custom project every time or do you have packaged productized services like you know for ten thousand dollars i'll do your brand identity including x y and z or is there you know do you have have different sorts of offerings like that or is it just kind of shoot from the hip every time yeah it's 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 customized usually every time depending on what kind of situation the client is in but it's usually it's kind of based off of a core product so usually when a client comes to me and they're like the right fit, they tend to, they need like the core assets of a brand identity. And then depending on what, where they're at with their marketing or content, then maybe I'll add in some other deliverables that they can use for those things as well. Um, as part of a lead magnet, I also have a checklist that kind of gives them a score of where their brand identity is at currently. Mm-hmm. And it kind of tells them, if you're growing rapidly and you're looking to be taken more seriously and you're kind of feeling like you're not looking as professional as you'd like to, but you're also crunched for time and, and you're kind of scrambling because sometimes that's the state that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've built this tool, so I just send it to them for free. They go through a checklist. Yeah, we have that, have that, don't have that. We don't have this. And it gives them a score saying, these are the this is the bare minimum that you'll need to have in order to be seen as professional and in order to be able to scale your identity across all the platforms that you're um, seen on. So I have Mm -hmm. that as like a, I guess you could say it's a, it's a product. It's kind of like a small, simple, it's like a three minute quiz, little lead magnet. And then the core product that I offer is, yeah, usually they'll come on the call. um, They'll give me a rundown of the problems they're having. I'll tell them how I've usually solved those problems. And then I'll offer three different, solutions like uh like you've talked about based on this is the most i can do for you and somewhere in the middle here's also something i can do and then here's the least i can do for you if you're looking for a smaller budget type deal but all of those are based around the core identity assets that they will need to uh be seen as more professional get taken more seriously all that good stuff Mm -hmm. okay cool yeah i also Mm -hmm. like i like that you have a specific kind of outcome in their minds. It's like some, it's like you're, you're an up and coming brand and you want to be taken more seriously. So there's a little bit yeah. of a combination of a, a vertical uh, niche and a psychographic. It's like, it's not everybody who runs an outdoor brand. It's one right. at this stage where they're like, we really need to up our game, be taken more seriously uh, in. So is it strictly, well, yeah, let's go into the core assets a little bit. What are we talking okay. about? Yeah. So for, for core assets, it's usually things like um, we'll dive into the purpose of, of their brand. So I'll help them get clear on their long-term vision, what their mission actually is, how they can articulate that um, to their audience. Um, sometimes I'll help them with their positioning as well, like maybe their positioning statement. So I'll help them how to, how to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the usual things like logo design, typography, color palettes, um, coming up with like a <clears throat> a clever um, brand concept that they can apply to like marketing initiatives and all that good stuff. Sometimes it's um, animated versions of their logo, um, all the different logo layouts that they'll need so that it can be applied to any kind of um, orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally a brand guidelines booklet so that they can pawn that off to whoever's working with them. And then they'll know exactly what to do with the assets that we've created so that they can use that, yeah, moving forward. Okay, so how do you split that out across the three options? Are they are they sort of deliverables based or is it phases? 
Yeah, it's it's mostly deliverable deliverables based, I guess. Um, usually the first the first cheapest option, or I guess it's the last cheapest option, is like the bare minimum that I would recommend that they do in order to solve their problem. Because I could sell them a logo, right? But um, like a conversation I had with somebody just the other day, I could just sell them a logo, but it doesn't really solve their identity problem because they still won't know what to do with it or where to use it. And they won't have different um, versions of the logo for sizing and things like that. So mm-hmm. the cheapest option is usually the bare minimum deliverables that I would recommend they have um, for their identity. And then the most expensive option is kind of more diving into their problem with more detail. Mm-hmm. And it usually is, I guess, yeah, I guess it is just more deliverable. So it would, could be me helping them create some marketing material based on those identity, identity guidelines or um, helping them like roll out their new identity across wherever their um, platforms are. Like I'll help their web designer apply it and I'll apply it to their social media and all that stuff, help with the rollout. Um, I've even offered some promotional marketing so sometimes people like to build some hype around their new um identity release so i help with building some content for that so yeah it's just kind of more deliverables really okay so uh, i was happy to hear that you mentioned that you get into the sort of bigger picture stuff the purpose mission uh strategic marketing aspects positioning Mm -hmm. is that something you typically would do in in all would that be included in all three options or is that something that you would reserve for the highest priced option yeah that's that's something that i do include in the cheapest option too maybe not positioning things Mm -hmm. but the mission purpose vision those things yeah because that just gives me that helps me create an identity that's meaningful so those are pretty pretty uh important for whatever project i'm working on yeah i would agree yeah i wouldn't know what to do if i didn't have that information to be like yeah because then yeah then i could create something that's not meaningful to them then they might have to do it again later on when they when they really do get serious or whatever happens Mm -hmm. yeah okay and and when you do these proposals are they fixed price or uh, are they kind of like oh i think it'll be this many hours at this hourly rate yeah fixed price okay yeah can you give it yeah i don't want to you know put you on the spot, but I'm curious, like just Go order, for order of magnitude, like what's what, or let's put it like this. What would be a great size project dollar wise for you? A great one that I have, like the, the biggest project I've landed so far has been $6,000. Okay. Um, I just pitched one yesterday for 15,000. The middle option was 10. The lowest was 6,000 mm-hmm. um, because they were a, a bigger business, more, more of the brands that I can help more actually, like I can help bigger businesses better than startups and stuff. Um, and it, it was interesting because this per, this person is a CEO. They had to talk to the founders mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to have to try to get them on the call later, but um, he was talking about how the budget's not a problem at all. The founders are just not business oriented. And he's, and he was saying how he felt like this is too professional of a proposal and they're not going to understand any of it. <laughs> and he said, he said, the, it's not the budget that's the problem at all. He said, this will help, this will fix our problem. I just don't know how to articulate that in a way to get their heads around it, to get mm-hmm. them to spend the time toward it. Yeah. Which is, which was a first for me, but a great, a good project honestly would be like eight to 10,000 would be mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. That would be a, yeah, that'd be a nice size project. Okay. And what's that look like in terms of time commitment for you and for them? 
So if you if somebody went you know full full bore top option, it's ten grand. And uh, how much how much time do they have to spend? How much time do you have to spend before you get to the place where they feel like it's a big success? Sure. Um, for the top bore, like I'll just refer to the one that I was just talking about the the fifteen thousand dollar option. That one, I think it would take. I think I said. Uh, I think I said twelve to fourteen weeks. Yeah. That would take me, like, if I wanted to do a project like that plus another one at the same time while working on the business, like my own business still, mm-hmm. um, I think that would be doable. I don't really know how long it would take, to be honest. It, it's, it might vary. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them, it would probably take only three hours a week for them to be on calls. Like, like usually a call would last an hour and I might need them on the phone three times a week mm-hmm. um, to, to keep things rolling. Cause yeah, I like to try to keep things moving quickly. So I guess probably three hours a week. So what is that? Three times 12. And I'm not a mathematician here. Yeah, 36, <laughs> right. So, okay. So not, hours, yeah. not, not a huge time commitment, but it's also not nothing for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, is yeah. That, is that, that was problematic? I was just going to say it's, it's interesting because um, one of my bigger projects from before, I was working with some people that were very busy, but they were, I guess they, saw more value in it. So they carved out the time. And the person that I just was chatting with was worried because this is their busy season. And he was saying the founders um, are having trouble finding time to even talk to him, their CEO. So he was saying he's doubtful that they'll want to spend any time on something like this. So I guess that is a, it is a constraint sometimes for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can imagine that. Cause if you're working with, if you're working with the sort of top dog at the brand at the company, they're typically super busy, especially yeah, if they're exactly. in like growth phase. They've got a million things going on. That's yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that's interesting. I'm not surprised by that. It might be something to look at in the future in terms of yeah. things accepted. Uh, right. It's also interesting to note that the person you spoke to said budget's not a problem for this at all. And in fact, the, the, based on your target market, the stage of business that they're at and you know, I looked at your website before. This stuff looks beautiful. So oh, kind thanks. Of, I was surprised how low these prices are, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and I know it's okay. not like, I mean, you're more interested right now in more leads, but I think you could also increase your prices. And that's, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that's Sweet. just, you know, uh, it's not based on any research at all. It's just a gut instinct. But, you know, my reaction to when you said, I think you said 8K first or 6K first, I was like, whoa, that's way too low. Um, so... So, yeah, I think, I think it's maybe because, and I've been working on this is, is my mindset is because I used to do like, even just a year ago, if I would land a thousand dollar project, I was super pumped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I started talking to some people and I would, I would get into the value conversation and I would start talking about their revenue and their revenue goals. Mm-hmm. And people started saying, you know, we're doing like 2 million in revenue or we're doing 4 million. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, dang, like if I'm going to, rebrand their entire business yeah exactly <laughs> and and like help them look professional and in long term make a lot more money what should i like i wonder what the capacity is here that i could be that i could be making and then i also started thinking because there has been some friction like like the guy that i just mentioned mm-hmm. um i was looking up to them as like this would be a big job but then i hear back from them that they're thinking like he he said we might not be ready for this we might not be at the stage that the business is ready for this and i'm thinking oh dang like 
so who so who should i be talking to then like i don't know maybe that's the disconnect then i'm not sure it could be i mean the it's it's really hard for me to say for sure, but my reaction was that like, wow, that seems low for a business. And again, I'm making tons of assumptions. Like I assume right, the yeah. business would probably be at least 5 million. Uh, and so maybe, maybe do tell me a little bit more about a really good fit business for you. How many employees do they have? Do they have retail outlets? What kind of things do they sell? Is it like excursions or is it boots? Like what, what are the... Yeah, like that's something that I'm not really clear on yet. Um, mostly... I've just learned that the people that I've talked to who, when they tell me about the problems they're having, it's like, Oh, you have a, you have a brand identity issue and it's, and it's holding, it's holding you back from moving forward. So sometimes it is retail. Um, sometimes if they're doing like wholesale products and like the, the person that I talked to last, um, they got some smaller orders than they expected because the people said um, that they don't like, they're not a hockey brand so they're not looking to work with a lot of hockey brands so people are thinking that they're a hockey brand when they just want to be they want to be more broad than that mm. so people are confused about what kind of business they really are um, and they don't have any clear they don't have a clear brand identity like they don't even have a, a main logo so mm. when they when they apply their branding to different apparel pieces that they sell in like sets to teams and stuff mm -hmm. um, the people that they sell them to they buy smaller orders or they have been because they're, they're a little bit disappointed with um, the different logos that they're giving them. Like, it's not clear. They were like, Oh, we thought we'd get this logo. We, we've never seen this one before. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it's like actually hurting the business. So um, the, the, I, I'll guess at how many people might be in the business. Like I would say at least five employees, mm -hmm. um, maybe like five to 20. I did a, a job with, for an engineering firm and I, I think they had 35 um, employees, but they were far more, um, they were way further along in their careers than this other person that I'm talking to mm -hmm. um, currently. So I think, I don't remember what they were making though. I don't remember what their revenue was. I'm guessing it's more than 5 million. They were pretty, they were pretty big. Mm -hmm. um, they've been doing it for like 30 years or something crazy. So wow. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super clear on that yet. Um, basically, the state of the business that I'm clear on is like is like you, they've been they're out of the startup phase. Um, they've already like built a reputation. They're doing well, and they want to take their business to the next level now. So they want to they want to start competing with like market leaders in their space. Mm -hmm. And the difference between them and market leaders is that these market leaders are more recognized like kind of around the world mm -hmm. or at least in their area and they don't look the same as them. So that's what I help them with is I help them look like, like they're competing with leaders. Um, and then I set them up for like the next, whatever, five years of their growth or 10 years, whatever. This is, these are, this is great. Like, so the, the specificity of the business outcomes here is really good. And okay. they're, sort of, they're sort of intangible in the sense it's like, on the one hand, you're talking about, oh, you're going to get a, a brand st a style guide and, and logo and business cards and you know, all that. All that. <laughs> right. But, but you know, saying something like, oh, I'll set you up for the next five years of growth, business growth, and help you compete on an equal footing with the leaders in your category. Right. That's the kind of stuff founders get. Like a founder is going to be like, oh, okay. yes. Yeah. It's like, for, compared to like, I'm going to give you a logo. It's like, okay, right. okay I could do that. On my computer they too. don't care about that at all yeah right <laughs> um, yeah all right 
And it's also like, I'm trying to do the same thing for myself. So that was one of the things that I wanted to do this year. It was lead by example. So now I'm, I'm trying to build my own brand to say, this is how I've done this for myself. And I'll help you do it too. Like I'll, I've been making myself look like a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even though I'm just kind of still starting out. So sure. trying to help them with that. So just to give me a little bit more uh, clarity, who would, yep. what's an example of someone of a, of a brand that I might've heard of that your one, a client that's a good fit for you would be competing with. Are we talking about Patagonia or is it something? Yeah, it's, it's not that, not that big. Um, I just, I wonder if I could pull up quick notes. Um, it also depends on where they're from. Like sometimes they've talked about brands that are running like an outdoor wetsuit market, but mm-hmm. I've never heard of them because they're from the UK. Yeah. So um, I've sometimes people mention brands that they aspire to be. So they'll mention things like Patagonia or um, I don't know, North Face, stuff like yeah. that. Like they aspire to be like that. Um, okay. That's good. That's good. I just wanted to make sure I was in the right department. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you said that they uh, sometimes retail uh, whole, definitely wholesale or, or often wholesale. It's, is it commonly apparel or do, or have you worked with anyone or would you work with someone that does like excursions or like, you know, climb Everest and we, we help you climb up Everest or get ready for it? Yeah, that would be awesome too. Um, I started off talking to people who were in like the sustainability business, but I wasn't sure if I connected with them um, well enough. So I've also talked with people who are in like the travel industry. Yeah. People who um, run travel businesses who plan trips and, or they do like mountain bike excursions or right. outdoor activities. Yeah. I've definitely talked to some people like that. Cool. Okay. Yeah. There's so there, I think there is some potential for maybe even a little bit more. I don't know if it's necessary, but maybe a little bit more specificity in the outdoor brands. If it was, right. if it was apparel, that would be, yeah. That you know, it might that you. It's not impossible to overfocus. I think the outdoor brands thing is pretty clear, okay. uh, especially when you throw in things like you know, you know, outdoor brands that are you know growing. They've got maybe 10, 15 employees, maybe more, maybe less, but they're at that phase where they want to start competing with the big boys in their market, and they know that their their current. Do they think of it as like their current website is holding them back, or do they or or do they, are they talking generally talking in terms of like our brand is a mess? Like, do they know that or? Yeah, they do. Um, so I'll just keep using the guy that I just talked to a couple of days ago because he's fresh in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. So he so he was hired by these owners to be the CEO and like run the business because these guys, they kind of just started a business for fun, not really knowing it was going to be a business. And then mm-hmm. so he kind of helped clean things up. So that's what he was saying is because he's more business oriented, um, it's his findings are that their brand identity is becoming more and more messy and they're getting confused by it. Their customers are getting confused by it. So he knows what the problem is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, after I talked to him, he knows how to solve it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess they do know that their, their brand is a bit of a mess or what's more common too, is that people feel like their brand isn't up to par. So it's like not as professional as they feel like their business is. So they just want to look more professional than they do right now. Yep. Okay, great. Um, all right. So let's switch over to leads. Where do you currently okay. get your leads from? Like, where did this particular one come from? This lead was a referral. And this is probably my biggest problem. Um, I've been focusing on LinkedIn mostly. Um, 
I think that's because when I started, I was like, I want to work with professional people. So I think um, a lot of people will be on LinkedIn because it's a little bit more, I don't know, I guess professional, you could say. Mm -hmm. So um, my lead strategy is like right now, um, I'm sending out my lead magnet, like my my tool, just to, to hope that some people find some value in it. And then, I don't know, maybe they follow me and then they like my content, whatever. I'm just trying to help them get a clear understanding of, of why their identity is lacking and what they need. Maybe they need to think about it later on. Mm-hmm. So I send that out. Um, I go on pages on LinkedIn, like Patagonia or um, North Face, like market leaders. And I go through comments and I just connect with people. Hey, I noticed you like this page. I'm a big fan too. And we start chatting mm-hmm. and I'm chatting to like founders and CEOs only yep. really. Mm-hmm. Um, that works really well. People get chatting from there. Um, sometimes I'll reach out saying, I'm looking to learn. I, I'm conducting some market research for founders in the outdoors industry. I'm looking to learn about um, what their mission is. Mm-hmm. Like, would you be open to a quick call? That has worked. That hasn't really been lately. Um, and that's pretty much it for leads. Like I'm, I started a newsletter. I've been doing that for a couple months now. I think I've been, um, I have, I do three posts a week Mm -hmm. for, um, my marketing content on Instagram and LinkedIn or sorry. And yeah, and LinkedIn, and those are based around like a post that is helpful for them, a post that is insightful and, um, maybe like an engagement post. So asking them something about the industry or trying to get people to interact. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much my entire lead strategy. And I would definitely like to be having more conversations and more calls with these people so I can kind of collect more data, learn about them, get, create more relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you have um, testimonials from existing clients, case yep. studies, anything like that? Yeah, I only have, I'm waiting on an, another one from a, um, a good project from last year, but I have like three solid testimonials. I have more from the past, but they're not, they're not for any projects that I have posted because they were, they were from before. So not really the projects that I want to get. Right. So I have like two solid ones waiting on a third. Cool. All right. And well, I think it's, it's interesting. I, I wonder if this is one of those target markets where the, it's like, maybe it's just because it's fresh in my mind. You're just talking about the founders who don't, you know, they're, they don't, they started the business as like, uh, you know, not as a business and they're like yeah. busy. It's like, well, are these sort of outdoorsy people going to be outdoorsy and tough to, tough to, <laughs> you know, like they don't go online as much or. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. So where yeah. would, where would people like that talk shop? Like where would they hang out with other people like them and talk shop? Is there a, a conference that everybody goes to or uh, some some podcast they all listen to or some thought leader that they all think is is really got good ideas? Anything like that? Um, when I was trying to think of where they would be, like where they would be living at, mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe Instagram because like the only things that I really follow on Instagram are things that or accounts that post really nice photos or like they post cool videos of being outside. So that was the first place I thought of. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not really sure about podcasts. Like I don't really listen to any outdoorsy podcasts. Um, I'm not sure about conferences either. I know there's like some pretty big sustainability conferences Mm -hmm. that I'm sure most of them would be interested in because it's, it's very common that these people care a lot about the environment and, um, climate change and stuff. So they're, they like to hear about things like that. Um, 
that's what kind of drove me to look into sustainability, but I'm not really sure where else. Um, I don't know, like people, when I reach out to market leading pages and I comment and I say, Hey, I saw you like this, whatever people answer all the time. So that's Mm. been good. It's just, sometimes I'm not very good at getting them on the phone or at asking them about what their problems are. And then they stop answering, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be too pushy, right. but it's also like, yeah, sometimes you get into that scarcity mindset. So, right. But I don't know where else they could be living. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know off the top of your head what your headline is on your LinkedIn? Yeah, um, I think it is. You mean like my about or just my the, headline the, above that? The the little like tagline under your name. Okay, it says helping up and coming outdoor brands go from looking like amateurs to leaders in eight weeks. Wow. That's good. It's a little bit long for LinkedIn. Okay. So, but that's, that's very specific. Um, and you know, dear listener note that it's, it, uh, gives a presumably a desirable outcome. It's not like I can do your logo. It's right. like, it's, it's a desirable business outcome and it makes a sort of remarkable claim of a specific time frame. So it's like, wow, geez, it projects confidence and it, uh, it also feels, it makes it feel real is not the right word. It makes it feel like it wouldn't be this, it makes it feel more tangible. So like, like, oh, I have a sense of how long this would take that it would have a beginning, right. a middle and an end. It wouldn't be very far away, you know, considering all things considered. It's like, huh, geez. Okay. So the, the, the issue with it being kind of long is that in many places in the interface, the key piece is going to get truncated and it's just going to right. be chopped off. Um, it is good. I, I wish there was a way to, to make it a little shorter, um, but it, that is really Thanks. good. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. The reason I threw in, cause this was something that I was thinking, I haven't really heard this from like um, people in my niche, but I was thinking um, when you work with like a bigger agency and they do something like this, it could take months and months, like six to 12 months because they have, people to go through we got more hoops to jump through you know if you're working with a bigger agency so that's why i wanted to throw in the eight week thing is because um they are so busy and they are so time sensitive i wanted to let them know like like this is a quick transformation like eight weeks isn't very long so that's what i was trying to go for there but i'm not sure how it's been working (laughs) yeah i I mean it's uh hypothetically it's really good but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But yeah, um, right. But yeah, if somebody, if I was working with someone and they were like, oh, what about this? I'd be like, yeah, let's try that. Right. Um, so okay. yeah, maybe if there's a way to kind of wordsmith it to get it squished down to more like eight or nine words, uh, it might not be possible, okay. but maybe 12. Um, I'll try. Yeah. Yeah. It, that Because then when you're chatting with people, it's like you're wearing this t-shirt that says, I can help you with this. Right. I help people like you with this specifically so that, you know, you're not being pushy. You don't have to bug them. Right. They're they're just going to hit them in the face. And it's just like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, I have a, I have another version of that, I guess, on my website. Like my, my landing page says, um, just waiting for it to load here. A little slow. I think it says, um, oh, here it is. Look professional, get taken seriously and make a bigger impact. And then underneath it says, identity design for your up and coming outdoors brand. So I've thought about writing like I help, but then it's still kind of a few things. Yeah. Anyways, I could work on it. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. I mean, you've got all the, you've got all the puzzle pieces there. I like it. It's, it's like a nice mix of specific target market and 
specific desirable outcome. And it's like, you know, and it gives the category of like how you would do it, you know, your, your discipline. So, all right. So it seems like, right. it seems Thanks, like, man. sure. Yeah. Um, so leads is the main thing. So for me, I would be like, all right, where are these people hanging out and how can I become like for somebody that does the kind of work that you do the the you need to become famous to the people in the target market. Right. So, so that you'll get, you know, that you'd have more leads. They'll just like, you wouldn't have to be doing outreach or that would be amazing. Right. Yeah. It'd be great. God, it's like, it's, it's, it takes so long. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, mailing list is good. It's a good frequency. Um, you didn't you didn't say how many signups you have, but you haven't been doing it very long. How, do you know is it is it just you and your friends, or is there? <laughs> it's me, and uh, I have two signups. Yeah, so, <laughs> so far, right. yeah. So a couple of things you could do in in your interaction with people on LinkedIn, because uh, that's the one place that you for sure interact with people. I, I think Instagram also makes sense, uh, okay. but I like your reasoning that. The, maybe the more professional people would tend toward LinkedIn more than Instagram. Um, so interacting with them, maybe a, a question that you could ask would be about trade associations or conferences or virtual events or um, that sort of thing. And what, what, what could you ask them? You could say something like, Hey, I'm thinking about like, if you knew of a conference, you could say like, Oh, you know, I'm thinking about, maybe advertising at a conference. Is this a good one? Or I'm thinking about going to a conference. Is this a good one? Right. Um, okay. Or, you know, where you could just ask them, you know, like when you're talking shop, where do you go? Is there any, is there anybody you follow online? That's really got good insights for people like you. Um, yeah, it's hard, it, but the, yeah, that's sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the conference thing, if you could find a conference thing and you spidered that website going around and finding all of the other people in your, sp uh, not in your space, but the other people who are talking to your same audience, it could be totally, they could be, I don't know, manufacturers, right? Or, or, right. um, uh, what other, it could be like, uh, somebody in the accounting space or some, you know, or, or e-commerce or something like that. And find those kind of those people that are reaching that audience that are perhaps, you know, two or three years ahead of you at, and find out where they pop up online. So if, you know, if Joe Blow is selling, uh, you know, fractional CFO services to outdoor brands, up and coming outdoor brands, then like, okay, Google for Joe Blow uh, webinar, Joe Blow podcast, Joe Blow you know, conference or a speaker or whatever, or maybe go to his website uh, and look and see if there's a list of past events that they've been to, you know, so like find someone who's right. already gone down the path of reaching these people and um, figure out, figure out where they are congregating, okay. where they're paying attention is really what I'm looking for. Yeah. That's one thing that I was thinking is that I was wondering, like, um, cause I know that I have a group of people that I, listen to or watch all the time and like you're subscribed to their email list, whatever. And I was mm -hmm. thinking um, that I guess I could just ask these people, like, where do you like to learn things about business? Or like, where do you like to, because I'm guessing they're interested in that if they're running businesses. It could be that. It could be who you're following on Instagram, or you could find someone that you interact with on Instagram and just go look. I think you can see on Instagram who they're following. Yeah, just, I think so. Yeah. So looking for other kind of like um, solopreneur brands that are selling to the same audience would be something worth doing. Okay. It occurs to me that 
so for, for the people I work with that are a little bit more design heavy, like the, the sort of 3d graphics people and the animators and, mm -hmm. and even architects, there are some sort of shiny, glossy air quotes, magazines online that everybody reads. Okay. So, like, so they're basically blogs, but it's, but, but they're so polished and serious that you would call them maybe more of a media property. Yeah. So, there might be, I would imagine there's got to be some equivalent in this space because it'll be really... I can think of a couple already. Oh, good. Actually. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. one that's just called Outdoor mm -hmm. or there's one that's called like Cottage Life and it's a, but that's an actual magazine, I think. I think Outdoor is too, right? I think so. Yeah. But they, they almost surely have some kind of online presence. So you could go there and start to look for, um, it's hard to say, just sort of like be familiar with it notice any names so like people and say like okay maybe this person is interesting this person got into this magazine or this person is the editor of this magazine right and become familiar with the the almost this you know the the actual social network not the facebook or the instagram social network but like the network of people that are around this audience and, okay and you can get a surprising amount of ideas by just saying like oh okay look oh this person is fractional CFO for outdoor brands or, uh, you know, whatever process automation for outdoor retail manufacturing. Yeah. And, and they are apparently guest blogging over here. Maybe I can guest blog too. Maybe I could pitch the editor on a piece to, um, you know, with your checklist, for example. Right. Okay. Um, and even, even if they didn't, you know, even having a conversation with that person about, the that prospect even if they say no which is probably more likely than not that they would say no might <laughs> yeah. give you some really interesting information that would help you create a better pitch for a submission like that right right um i again this is just gut instinct but i'm guessing based on the based on your market that this that route might be better than my normal favorite route which is um guesting on podcasts Somehow, okay. Somehow I can't picture your people like being outdoors with earbuds in. It feels like right. they would be more like, no, I want to be outside. Uh, but I could be wrong. You know, so if you can find out where they're paying attention to, to stuff when they're thinking about business stuff, then that would be a great place to start to show up. Right. And obviously, you know, link back to your site and so forth. Um, you're, I think once you get someone to your site, it's very, it's very clear. Like your, your messaging is very clear. Your, your targeting is very clear. The work looks really good. Um, so it's kind of like a question of getting them to the site, getting the right people to the site at the right time. Yeah. The timing too. Yeah. It's, it, that's what I felt like. It's just like, feels like a gap from like, I've built this whole structure and place of like my process and who's it for and why, and what do they get and whatever. But then it's like, yeah, finding those people and having conversations with them regularly is the hardest part mm -hmm. or has been. Yeah. yeah. Which is a big gap. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I think uh, interacting with these folks, asking people, asking editors at magazines about conferences, professional professional or trade organizations, I think might be another, another good approach. Uh, okay. I'm thinking of someone who I worked with that was focused on the co-working space and it turns out there's like a national or even international i think it's a global organization that serves people who run co-working spaces um, okay and that 
very, very quickly. If if you make an impact, you know, it, let's say you get invited to speak at an, a virtual summit or something about brand identity for up and coming outdoor brands, like yeah. all of a sudden, everybody in the entire space has heard of you. Right. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I don't know if it, you know, there's probably different ones for different aspects of what you just of what we've talked about so far in terms of the target market. So people who just do sort of manufacture apparel for outdoor activities is probably a different organization than people who organize excursions into the Grand Canyon, right? which is yeah. probably a different organization from people who run bricks and mortar retail yeah. around the country. So, or, or people who are doing direct to consumer with some kind of a Shopify or e-commerce platform, they're probably all different trade associations or, um, but if you talk mm. to, if you could find a conference or you could find a magazine that serves those audiences, you might find that those, that like the trade associations are like a platinum sponsor or um, some kind of, you know, like media sponsor. Sometimes it'll be called media sponsors where they're just doing a free trade thing where they give each other ads. So you could probably okay. identify them pretty quickly if you could just find anything, any, any one of those things. Uh, which might be something to talk about when you are, when you do have a, a, a live wire on LinkedIn or an Instagram, be like, Hey, is there, do you, do you belong to any trade organizations? That's actually a very non-threatening question. Like, do you belong to any trade associations, uh, trade organizations? I'm looking to familiarize myself more with the space. And, okay. Yeah. In fact, I just released a, a podcast episode with Paul Boag, who told a great story about, uh, he wanted he wanted to do exactly actually exactly what I'm saying. He he found a trade organization for I think it was higher ed uh, in the UK, and he re, you know he tried to join the thing, and the the person who ran the list was like, no thank you. <laughs> You're just going <laughs> to sell stuff to us because he was a designer too, web designer. Okay, and uh, and so he reached he reached back out and he said. He said, I'm really, I swear, I'm not going to, I won't post anything. I just want to learn more about the space. If I don't post anything, would it be okay if I join the list? And the guy reluctantly said, okay. So he was on the list. He, uh, eventually people were asking questions that he could answer. So he wrote up mm -hmm. an answer and sent it to the, the list owner and said, you know, this person asked this question. Here's my answer. Is it okay if I post it? The guy <laughs> said, he said, yeah, this is okay. And he kept on doing that running it by the list owner. Eventually the list owner is like, you don't have to ask me anymore. You can just post. Sweet. Yeah. So fast forward, That's hilarious. he ended up keynoting the industry conference for 10 years. Holy. Yeah. So, so if that, that would be, and they ended up dominating the industry so, so much so that no one would hire them anymore because they had worked with like 80% of higher ed in the country. And it was like, you can't hire these guys. You can't hire uh, Headscape. It's like everybody hires Headscape. Let's get something new. Oh, know? my God. Right. That's hilarious. So new I, problem. <laughs> new problem, yeah. New challenge, yeah. Right. So he did it in another vertical. He just did the exact same thing in another vertical. So wow. Yeah. So that that feels like something I would explore. If in your okay. shoes, given your situation, that's something I would explore. I, I have to imagine there's some kind of association or something it there's got to be something. There's got to be. And if there yeah, isn't, that's something I haven't tried or thought of at all. If there isn't, guess who's going to start one? You are. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah that'd that, be cool. That has worked for, I've seen that work as well, where people look and look and look, they can't find a watering hole. So I said, well, why don't you just start like a Slack room and people can talk about this stuff. And he's like, really? And sure enough, yeah, you, you can get, a, you just get 
you start your own. Like if there is no watering hole, start one. Right. That'd be really cool. Free thing, either mailing list or whatever's appropriate for these people. Maybe it's a LinkedIn group, private LinkedIn group, uh, a Slack room, a discord, whatever is the the easiest thing for them. Right. Hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Dang. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got some so, work to, got some yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. I find it kind of fun, like Googling around and it feels like a little bit like detective work. Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah. And and I'm I'm confident that I think I'll probably find some place where it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? And then I'll be like, of course, that's the freaking watering <laughs> hole or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Cool. Okay. So does it has this been helpful, do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I knew it would be. yeah that's good um all right is there anything else uh i know we're running a little long is there anything else that you want to ask before we wrap up um i guess um how did you i'm sure you had a following before i'll try to make this quick too i'm sure you had a following before maybe you started an emailing list but how how did you grow that um because i don't want to like just pepper my my marketing with follow this emailing list thing Mm -hmm. um but i also want to just let like show examples of it and let people know what it's like and just um, grow it with my, because I have a decent little following on LinkedIn. I'd love to just get more people onto my mailing list. Mm-hmm. So initially I think it's about being extraordinarily clear about what the promise is because people are reluctant to like have another message in their inbox because it's usually okay. a war zone for everyone. So you want to be really clear what the promise is. And then every time, they see your name and they open that email, you deliver on the promise. Okay. And then they'll, they're gr- glad every time they're glad right. every time they read it. So for me, that's always been like, been like, keep the emails boiled down in as short as possible so that it's a really low bar to clear. Right. If it's, yeah. if it's a long email. It needs, it needs to be like amazing for someone to be like, wow, I'm really glad I spent 10 minutes reading that. <laughs> yeah. I right? found that on some that I've even followed. It's really really quickly i'm uninterested i've I've pretty much honestly based mine around yours your structure because yours is really the only yours and rochelle's are the only emailing list that i'm excited to open i would say yeah and i'm just copying seth godin you know it's like it's like wow you can write emails this short wow right yeah and it's awesome i thank you i that's great so so clear promise and then deliver on the promise every time and that will keep people engaged and subscribed and then it's like a just a, a it's a grind you know there's the the only times i've had noticeable spike in subscriptions are when i do a launch and when i'm on when i'm in front of somebody else's audience so oh okay you know once you have the list the mechanics set up and your focus and your promise and everything you're like okay this is this is working then you can when you launch stuff people people you know you'd launch it it would be mentioned on social media, most likely people are going to retweet it or whatever, uh, reshare it. So there's something about launches that gets people excited. Something new is happening. It's like news and it causes people to spread the word. So it's weird because you'd think, well, I need to have a big list to have a successful launch, but actually the launch is the thing that grows the list. It's backwards. Uh, Okay. Okay. And then the other thing is going on other people's shows or speaking to other people's audiences, however that might work in your space. Um, but yeah, if, if I go on a big show and do a good job turning light bulbs on for people, then they want to hear more. And, and 
whenever I do something like that, my call to action is almost always the same thing, which is, you know, the next time somebody asks you for your hourly rate, stop what you're doing and go to valuepricingbootcamp.com and mm. sign up for my free six day crash course on value pricing. So oh, okay. people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that, you know, and, and, <laughs> right. um, and it's just, and what well, the cool thing about podcasts, especially is they have a tendency to stick around forever. They have a really long tail. Yeah. So if it turns out that people in your space do listen to particular shows and you go on that show and then new people find that show and sort of binge listen through the back catalog, people seem to do that. So okay. you can get, so going on other people's shows, whether it's a podcast or a video blog or whatever is, it's a good long-term strategy. It's, it is a long game. It takes a while for those, you know, onesies, twosies to turn into tens and twenties and, right. um, but if you've got this big body of work, it is just going to attract people over time if you are keeping the promise that you made up front and they're just like right. always be happy that they read it or listened to it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Cool. Yeah. Great. All right. So thanks for joining me. Uh, and that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark, and I hope you join me again next time on Ditching Hourly. Bye. Hey, Jonathan again. Do you have questions about how to improve your business? Things like value pricing your work instead of billing for your time, or positioning yourself as the go-to person in your space, or maybe productizing your services so you never have to have another awkward sales call or spend hours writing another custom proposal. Book a one-on-one -on -one coaching call with me and get answers to these questions and others in the time it takes you to get ready for work in the morning. Best of all, you're covered by my 100% satisfaction guarantee. If at the end of the call, you don't feel like it was worth it, just say the word and I'll refund your purchase in full. To book your one-on-one -on -one coaching call, go to jonathanstark.com slash call, C-A-L-L. That URL again is jonathanstark.com slash call. Hope to see you there.